Hi, welcome to the HRD Live podcast. I'm Finn Murphy and I'll be your host. I'm joined today by Stephen Pierce, the Deputy Managing Director and Chief Human Resources Officer at Hitachi Europe. Stephen has over 30 years experience in business transformation and building successful people strategies with multinational businesses in various sectors. He has been voted one of the UK's most influential HR leaders for several years. A senior leader of Hitachi Europe for over 12 years, Stephen joins us to discuss how the leading tech firm is embracing the lessons from recent disruption to inform a successful strategy in the time ahead, including the return to work, cultivating employee well-being and building an adaptable culture. Please note that as this was a remote recording, the audio quality may fluctuate slightly from time to time. Enjoy the podcast. Stephen, thanks so much for joining us today. How do you think recent disruption has highlighted strategic priorities at Hitachi Europe? That's a, a really key question, I think, as, as we look ahead. I, I think overall, the, the, where we look at the future for HR priorities, we're really looking at organisational performance and productivity um, the, and how that balances with employee well-being. Now, we've come through a huge transition over the past year or so with the way that, the way, that, that working has changed. We had a, an overnight transformation to working remotely, something that many of us thought would be very difficult to do. We did astonishingly quickly, um, but that now has to unwind um, and to work out the way we're going to work in the future. And that's around ensuring we have organizations which can be productive and where we can get the best from everybody um, and they can contribute. Uh, and I think that's probably in high level terms where our priorities are going to, to be focused. So the sort of things that I have on on my list are how how do we return to the office what will that look like um, as we start to to move back in that direction you know the the, the big uh, focus is going to be around hybrid working and we've consulted with our staff and hybrid working is what people really do want and I've heard that from so many other organizations I think very few are going back to the way we used to be in terms of the, the degree of presence in the office. And, and then linked to that, I think, is employee well-being and engagement. If we work differently, we still need to continue to, to um, ensure that we're we're monitoring and supporting employee well-being. And, and through surveys that we've done, it's clear that employee well-being has suffered through the, the, the COVID crisis, you might call it, I think. And the, it, it, the surveys kind of show actually that around a quarter of people feel their uh, well-being, uh, both mental and physical, has, has improved. And, and about half say it's stayed roughly the same, and a quarter say it's actually got worse. And of course, it's that group that, that I'm most concerned about, and how can we ensure that future ways of working will um, also meet the requirements, the needs to, 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 to ensure and support employee well-being. Uh, and then I think uh, the other priorities that, that, that I have uh, that we should be thinking about are how do we lead our organisations through those future ways of working? What demands does it put on our managers, our leaders to work differently? Um, and finally, linked to all of that is diversity and inclusion. How do we ensure that where we um, make changes for the future, that we, we our workplaces are um, places where, it, whichever way we're working, that we have an inclusive environment for everybody. Um, so I think a lot of challenges. Um, we, we transformed, as I said at the beginning, uh, very quickly. We now need to work out how do we unwind that and create the right future for our organisations. What initiatives are your company working on to address these priorities? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's a uh, obviously it's a it's a journey that we're on 
where we don't have all the answers. And I think as we as we take a step forward in this journey, we need to be open to being flexible and to changing direction as necessary. Um, and I think fundamentally all of this starts and the initiatives that, that we're talking about start with a consultation with our, with, with, with our staff. Uh, I mentioned we ran a survey last year uh, to, to uh, get some feedback on how things were going around well-being, but also that, that survey um, asked for feedback about how people would like to work in the future and, and how they feel about various aspects of work and so on. So I think it's clear that the initiatives that we develop will require a consultation. It's not something that we can decide as organisations without talking to people, not least because we simply do not have all the answers. You know, there's no playbook for this. We're doing something completely different as we move towards hybrid working and, and, and post-pandemic um, working practices. And, and I think the, the other key point around this is creating a sense of purpose. You know, traditionally offices, the ways we worked were very much around presence. Um, you know, we kind of went to the place of work every day because that's what we did. Uh, and, and of course, not everybody did. And we've had different ways of working. I'm not suggesting that we didn't have some flexibility. Of course we did. Um, but nothing like we've seen since. And I think the, the, the question moving forward is how can we ensure that our organisations and our offices have purpose? Uh, and and uh, particularly, I think, for, for the way we work in offices, ensuring that when people go to an office, it's going to be for a purpose, not just to sit and do their emails unless they actually want to do that, because they can do that remotely. They can probably do it more productively, more effectively remotely because they haven't got uh, travel time as well. So um, I, I think uh, what we need to do is, is to create that purpose. And that's going to be, I think, around innovation, collaboration, connecting people together, creating um, a, a, a sense of community uh, so that we actually demonstrate value for returning to the office because I think people will say to us well why am I here I was working very productively at home and we've got to ensure that the that, that doing something different changing is is worthwhile because I think there's still a lot of concern out there about um, the way that that, that that we'll be working in the future uh, and potentially the, the concern about safety particularly in the shorter term uh, and so whilst we made an overnight change to be as we are, we need to, I think, take a much more iterative approach for the future and learn as we go. So right now, I don't have the answers to those questions. We are taking it a step at a time, um, but there's no doubt that as we, as we move forward, you know, we will learn um, and, and we will um, have in place a structure and approach which is gonna be effective. It's just a case of how long it takes to get there and what we have to learn and change as we go. How will Hitachi Europe make success of the return to work policy? The way I think about it um, actually is through two acronyms. I see it as FOMO versus photo. And what I mean by that is, is fear of missing out, fear of not being in the office and all the positives that can come from that around, around development and connecting with people, networking and so on, particularly for people probably earlier in their careers who haven't necessarily got the contacts they haven't um, had the opportunity to, to overhear conversations, to learn from other people around them, to ask questions uh, and so on. So I think there is a, a, a real fear of missing out here if, if, we, if we don't get people back into an office um, and to satisfy that. But the photo, I mean, fear of the office. Uh, and I think that's, that's currently a very high pressure because people are concerned not just about the office, but about the process for getting to the office, the journey, the commute, particularly those that maybe need to, to, to you know, take trains or um, to, to, to take the underground or whatever in London. 
uh, and, and public transport generally where they may feel there's a greater risk perhaps from a COVID point of view. Uh, and, and of course, the office needs to be COVID secure for the foreseeable future to ensure that, that the, the fear of the office doesn't push people away. So I think what we need to do is to, is to take those uh, pull factors, the FOMO, the fear of missing out and say, okay, how can we ensure that uh, we, we, we make those pull factors as strong as possible. So that's having the purpose. It's ensuring that we create opportunities to meet with colleagues, to ask questions, to collaborate. Uh, and also we create development opportunities for people. So yeah, it's worth being there. At the same time for the photo, the fear of the office, um, reducing that fear by ensuring that we have COVID proof environments, particularly in the shorter term with social distancing, uh, and uh, all the other measures that are expected so that when people are in the office, they feel safe. You know, there's no doubt there is going to be a, a huge barrier there in the short term, particularly for some people who, who are most concerned about COVID. Everybody is clearly in, in, in a different way, but, but with, with those concerns, we've got to do all we can to ensure that they don't become barriers to change. So um, as, as, we, as we move through that process uh, and we we kind of work out how we're going to return to an office. I mean, there's some really interesting questions. I was talking to one of our businesses recently about how they're planning to go back into an office and what they're looking at in the short term is going back in one day a week for everybody, um, but on a particular fixed day of the week. So we have, we have uh, enough people in the office every day not to exceed the social distancing requirements. It means everybody knows one day a week they go back into an office so they can start reconnecting again. Uh, and um, the other days of the week, they could, they'll, they'll work remotely. So therefore the, the meetings and, and, and other collaboration opportunities can happen on the day that they're in the office. And, but and other companies have said to, to me, well, we, you know, we prefer to mix people up so that we don't have the same people in with the same people every week, which also makes sense. But that clearly also creates disruption, particularly, for example, with childcare arrangements. You know, you're ready to get the kids picked up every Tuesday because you're in the office. Well, what if, what if your office in, in the office Wednesday the next week and Monday the one after that? No, clearly there is disruption and there isn't a perfect solution. And I know other companies um, outside Itachi that are looking more of an employee choice um, approach to say, well, you, you choose the days you come in, you book your desk. And again, clearly that can work, but there are pros and cons with all of these approaches. I think what it demonstrates is there's no one size fits all. There's no perfect solution and different organizations need to do what's right for them and, and for their staff um, to ensure that they can um, get that balance between performance productivity on uh, one side and, and, and well-being on the other, as I mentioned earlier on. Um, but I think the key to it will be thinking about it from a, a phasing point of view, to be honest, rather than saying, you know, this is what it is and this is what we're going to do and, and we've sorted it. I think the, the first phase is around well, people that need to be in office for well-being purposes, mental well-being issues and so on at home, or they just don't have the space to be at home, you know, can use an office space as soon as possible um, when it's safe to do so within government guidelines and all those sorts of things, of course. Um, and, and then we'll have a more structured approach with hybrid working. And as social distancing requirements decrease over time, we then have a next phase, which is we've learned a lot through those previous two phases you know, we'll establish how we're going to work for the longer term, which may be perhaps being in two days a week. If you think you're going to have half the, half the number in the office for one day a week because of social distancing, if you then take away social distancing, you can have twice as many people. So maybe go in the office twice a week. 
Now that's the sort of model we're going to have to work our way through, I think, um, in, in, the, in the months ahead. Stephen, thanks so much for joining us today. To keep up to date with the latest content from HRD Connect, make sure to follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.